Welcome back to Footsteps in the Attic, and I must tell you that last year I did a show on angels, and it was one of the best and most listened to episodes, and my guest today would know a lot about angels. In fact, I think she's probably the most quoted individual on Christmas Day on the planet, and those who listen to this show know that my favorite film of all time, bar none, is It's a Wonderful Life. It's the only movie which I call the perfect film. I am so humbled, blessed, and honored to have my guest on today. And before I introduce her officially, I happen to have a Belkin Bell with me, which is the same bell, the model, they used in It's a Wonderful Life. So I'm going to ring this bell, and I'm going to have her say the oh-so-famous, most-quoted line, and then I'm going to officially introduce her to the show. And if Look, Daddy. Teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. I mean, does life get any better than that? Carolyn Zuzu Grimes, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. It, it is an honor to have you here today. You know, when I hear a bell, I just automatically go into that line. <laughs> no matter where you are, whether it's a phone. Well, no matter where I am. I mean, you know, I've got bells on my phone. I've got them everywhere. <laughs> whether someone's walking a dog in the park, you just, you're just you on it. <laughs> That's it. Right away. <laughs> I know I this. I get a lot of strange looks. <laughs> Well, speaking of looks, I have to ask, this is going to sound sort of like a generic question, but I have to ask you, what is it like to be part of a, a movie that it's sewn itself into the fabric of our lives the way It's a Wonderful Life has? I mean, wherever you go, people must just give you them be- their best selves, right? They really do. Uh, I'm very, I'm very, very fortunate, and I feel honored that I got to be chosen this little girl to play the part of Zuzu in the movie It's a Wonderful Life. When it came out, it wasn't a hit. So for years, you know, it sat on on the shelf and it really wasn't known very much until the early 70s and then they didn't renew the copyright so it became public domain. And that's when the TV station started showing it and it was free for them. So it was all over the television in the early 70s. And that's when folks sort of found me in the middle of nowhere. And that's when it all began. And it's just been a blessing, a blessing. I get to meet so many wonderful people. I get to to do so many things. I rang the bell on Wall Street. I mean, I'm just the most fortunate person in the world. I mean, I, it, it, as you say that, it blows my mind to think that this movie, when it came out, wasn't the instant hit that it has now become. I mean, that's incredible to me because I have to tell you, Carolyn, I am, I'm not an autograph person per se, but the three autographs I proudly display within my room are yours, Jimmy Stewart, and Carol Coombs. (laughs) And I have memorabilia from the movie all over my apartment because of the feeling it evokes inside of me every time I think about it. So why do you think this movie didn't like just take off like gangbusters when it first came out well it came out in 1970 
right after World War II. And I think people were not in the mindset to watch a thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie that won the Academy Award that year was the best years of our lives. And it was about soldiers returning to civilian life. And that was where the mindset was. And, and you know, they wanted to be entertained at this point. They wanted to laugh. Right. It's a wonderful life. It's really kind of a dark movie. It's about a man who can wanted to commit suicide and it's a bit dark and I think that they just uh, they didn't buy into that but also it was marketed incorrectly it was marketed Mm. as a romantic comedy oh yeah and all the pictures you see are Jimmy Stewart and Happy Go Lucky Donna Reed and and the movie is not a romantic comedy right so um, there's so many reasons why it just didn't cut it Right. I I think people were just weren't ready for it yet, and um, unfortunately, down the road it it clicked. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's it's helped a lot of people through a lot of things in life that are kind of difficult, and and they when they get depressed, they sit down, they watch this movie, and they and they realize how smaller problems are and. And that it all can be worked out. I mean, it just brings their feet back on the ground and they have a chance for a positive attitude and can work out whatever is bothering them. I, I, lo- I, I love a that. Lot of people share that with me. I absolutely love that. I mean, people have their George Bailey moments where they really appreciate what's in front of them and sometimes hindsight is twenty twenty. I know that that happened for me in New York where I was trying to you know be in acting for years and I missed home in Pennsylvania and I truly had my George Bailey moment where I came back to Pennsylvania and I appreciated everything and now I'm so happy here and that's the kind of feeling that this movie inspires absolutely it gives us hope uh, yes, it does. And we need that. It's so important. And and I know you were a working actress. I mean, this film was, was not your first rodeo, and, and you were very active in the acting community. What um, got you into acting as, as a little girl? Well, my mother, um, you know, back in the day, almost all the kids that lived in Hollywood were involved in the industry in some way or another because most of the family were I mean the studios Hollywood they were that was the industry totally and so everything kind of revolved around that so most of the kids were in the industry and we all had one agent and her name was Lola Moore (laughs) and so my mother took me to see Lola Moore and Lola Moore liked me and she sent me on some interviews and I got some parts and that was all it took. So I, I had done four movies before I did It's a Wonderful Life when I was six years old. Yeah, and and what was the casting process like for It's a Wonderful Life? Since you already had experience, I'm sure you weren't as nervous as maybe some other children who were auditioning for the part that didn't have your level of experience. So what was that casting process like for the film? Well, I never got nervous. I, I, <laughs> I, that's not in my... In my forte, but I think my mother and dad gave me enough self-confidence that, you know, if I got the part fine, they, they, you know, it wasn't a pressure thing for my parents on me to get the part or anything. It was 
it was fun. I mean, yeah. it was fun because we all play, play pretend. And um, Lola sent about five little girls out. And back in the day, we'd take our portfolio with us that showed stills because we didn't read back then. And um, we'd have pictures of our expressions, how we'd look if we were sad or happy or whatever. And those are all in our portfolio book. And then we'd be interviewed one-on-one. We didn't have casting calls like they do today. Or right. Auditions. It wasn't like that. So I actually interviewed one-on-one with Mr. Capra. And wow. he hired every single person that was in that movie. That's he remarkable. all the extras. He did... He, he did it all. That, that's and incredible. It was really fun. Yeah. Now I can remember. He said, um, "How would you look if 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 your dog died? What what kind of expression would you have?" And <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I balled up my face and looked sad. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I guess he liked me. I don't know. I got the part. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm glad you told me that because the casting was absolutely spot on in this movie. I mean, there's not one actor who was cast who I would have replaced. Everybody was just at the right place, the right time, the perfect actors and actresses. What was that like being amongst them? Did you get along with everybody? Did you have a positive experience with everyone? Well, the whole set was a positive experience. I mean, it was really fun, and it always was fun for me when I got to work with other kids yeah. in the movie. And so um, that was really great because we'd hang around together when they were setting up the shots and so forth. So, you know, it was just a great time. Um, we were on the stage. We never actually went out to, to the studio ranch and worked. We worked on the stage the whole time. And it was, it was just a really fun experience because you know everything is not real right don't go anywhere you go to a room that's only half a room i mean you know everything is make-believe and not real so uh it was just a part of my life i i loved it and um it it was exciting to have this giant christmas tree there because (laughs) i was an only child and um, back in the day, my dad worked at the Safeway stores, and we didn't have any money, so we always had a little Christmas tree on top of the table, and here was this giant Christmas tree with all these beautiful ornaments. Oh, I mean, I was in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, that's that whole thing, like, exuded Christmas. It did. It was wonderful. <laughs> I, I have to ask you, what are some of your memories of working with Jimmy Stewart? Because that's just, I mean, he's, in my humble opinion, the greatest male actor that has ever been. I just think he's a phenom. So what what was your experience like with him? Well, he was extremely tall and, and <laughs> very skinny. He even looked taller. He was 64, and, and I was on his back or in his arms a lot of the time. Yeah, you sure? And yeah, that's so, true. <laughs> I, I, I felt his height. <laughs> I thought he was so patient because he'd have me on his back or under his arm or something. You know, I was always somewhere and, and I, he was so kind. He let me down so gentle and he, he didn't care if I fluffed a line. 
Oh, I love and that. I did. And so that gave me a lot of self-confidence. And because a lot of the stores you work with, if you made a mistake, you know, they say, oh, God, this kid, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And uh, that didn't happen with him. He was just, he was a positive outlook on life, and it showed, and he was a gentle soul, a good person. And, and it was hard for him, too, right after work, working, you know, um, it was tough. So, right, um, right. In the war, in the war, you know, that was hard for him. Yeah. Nope. Now, you know what? It's... He was just, that was his first movie after the war. Wow, that's incredible. And, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and I believe he would go on to say not only was that his favorite film, but he thought he did his best work in that movie. So look how it all worked out. And, and, you know, it's that's funny. True. And it's funny you referenced, you know, having to do a retake of that scene because the, the, I believe the, the angels were watching over because that scene couldn't have gotten any better. So you were clearly meant to do a second take of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> were you given any direction for that famous flower scene because it was so emotionally charged in terms of you were George's solace at that point in the film and... He was, you know, sort of re-examining his life, and and here you, you were his his retreat from this chaotic scene that just happened prior. W- did Frank Capra give you any kind of direction, or was it kind of just like, hey, do your thing? Oh, he told me what to do, but I did my own thing as well. Um, I have no inkling why I started whispering. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> whatsoever but I did and it works well enough that Capra left it in there and liked it so no I um I, I he told me what what you know I should feel mm-hmm. and that sort of thing and that I was sick and so forth and so on and then he just let you do your thing after that and yeah so that was kind of the way it played out but it was so natural it Working with with Stuart was natural. I mean, he was he made you work naturally, so that yeah. was you know a real uh, boon for the film and the story too. So yeah, Amber was he was someone who let you play your own emotions. He did set that bar to where you had to say every single word the way it's in the script and that sort of thing. Because some some of the directors did, you know, you have to say it exactly as it is in the script yeah with camera you just want to get the message across right 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 that's did uh, you hear that ben? <laughs> yeah look at that <laughs> it's that's very serendipitous <laughs> yeah um the the end scene of the movie i mean i i, I mean i have to admit to you i Prior to coming on, I, I kind of rewatched it. I usually only allow myself to watch it once a year because I love it so much. So I, it's that one thing I look forward to, and I still got emotion. I get emotional every time. I, I, how many takes did you do of that ending scene, and what was that like? Because the entire cast was there. <laughs> well, I really don't have any idea how many how many takes were were done there but 
you got to realize that that's all broken up into yeah. segments. And so it's not one giant scene. Right. When you're filming it. So I didn't really get that feeling necessarily. You know, maybe there was one or two scenes where it showed all the people in one scene. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time focusing on something else, but it's all, you know, magic and mirrors. It's not one big bunch of people. Right. <laughs> he puts it all together and edits it. He takes it and, and then, you know, he makes it what he wants it to be. Wow. See, that's incredible. That's something that I think the person listening at home right now would be fascinated to learn. That's like, you know, one of those little um, industry tips that they'd be like, oh, wow. So they weren't all in the same room at the same time. No, maybe for two scenes, but that's probably for two takes. Right. But the rest of the time, it's all individual and then they put it together at the end of the movie. That's part of the editing editing process the magic of editing yes and 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 speaking of editing i'm I'm very curious about this was there any scenes involving you that that you can remember that got left out of the film or or anything that you can recall because we all know the editing gods kind of you know they form their stories so not everything makes it in is there anything you recall that um wasn't in the final cut no it, it was all in the final cut Oh, fe- phenomenal. Wife, I'll remember that. that. They left out a whole segment of mine with Cary Grant. I was very disappointed about that one. Yeah. But I... they do those things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. And uh, we're, yeah. actually, we're actually going to get into The Bishop's Wife in a second. But I'm, I'm curious... Um, I, I can't imagine that you were able to, but did you keep any props at all from the film or was there, even if it was a script, like, is there anything you still have from working on the film? Um, I have call sheets. Um, and my mother, um, well, there might've been an ornament missing from the tree. <laughs> 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 I I I love that. I absolutely love that. And and I would have said, you know, hypothetically, I might have done the exact same thing. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> My sister Kristen begged me to ask you what your favorite scene in the movie is. Oh, my favorite scene is where George is on the bridge and he wants to live again. And he says a clearance. I want to live again. I want to live again. Please, God, I want to live again. And the minute he says the word God, yeah. it starts to snow. And you know that he's back. And for me, I feel like, you know, he's discovered what really is important in life. And, and, that, and that's faith and, and family and friends. I think that's what makes us all tick. Uh, amen. Amen to that. And, you know, I've, I've, watched a few interviews you did and what you've been through in your life and the way you rose above it and your grace that you have is is exquisite and I I sincerely find you a very inspiring person and I think it's amazing how even then you were connected with angels and I feel like your faith got you through a lot of stuff and here you have this blessed journey and I think it's a wonderful message for people it is indeed um, the, 
message from that film has touched my life, indeed, it really has, and it's also touched millions more. You know, the movie is the number one Christmas movie in the United Kingdom. Oh, it's... And I get fan mail from all over the world, Germany, Italy, Australia. Um, I just got one from Hungary. I mean, people all over the world are now viewing it and are for the first time they're finding this movie. So uh, it's just beginning its trip around the world and into people's hearts. It's it's incredible, and and you'll be immortal because of it. And it, it it really is, in my opinion, the perfect film. And I've never said that about any other movie. And you don't have no idea how many people I have made watch this movie and then now they have watched it on their own and they absolutely love it <laughs> so it's well, that it's, it's that effect yes yes it is it is the tradition it's the how it's the thing i see in my household i will watch it christmas eve and to me it's the best part of christmas it really is it ring it, it christmas is official when i have watched it's a wonderful life and I'm, Very good. <laughs> and I'm sure it's the same for everybody listening out there who's a fan of this movie. And I have to say, you have one of the most incredible It's a Wonderful Life Christmas collections I've seen. I saw you put a picture online, I think it was about a year ago, of your collection. And it is inspiring. I absolutely love it. Well, um, a lot of that now I have uh, loaned to the It's a Wonderful Life Museum in Seneca Falls, New York. Yes. yes, which I've had the pleasure of going to and meeting you there because you do every year, almost every year, you make your trek there because uh, there's a rumor that Frank Capra may have based It's a Wonderful Life on Seneca Falls and there's even a scene in the movie where the bank examiner alludes to the fact that it's near Elmira, New York, because he says he wants to get home to his family in Elmira. So I would assume that Seneca Falls really is the real-life Bedford Falls. I, I think that, that that was um, where he got his idea for the design of the town. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, <clears throat> I, I'm old enough that I got to talk to a barber remembers cutting his hair. Oh, wow. So he was there. Oh, and, see, look at that. Um, Carolyn just confirmed it. Said, <laughs> it. Yes, oh, yes. He, his name was Tommy Bellissimo, and he cut his hair. And it, and he, he said that he always remembered because his name was Frank Capra, and Capra in Italian means goat. Oh, really? Bellissimo, <laughs> which means beautiful. So he always remembered cutting the goat's hair. <laughs> I've never heard that story. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. He told me that story a number of times, and, and, and I truly believe it. I knew his family and everyone. I've been going there for like 18 years. So That's phenomenal. How do you have this, you, you have this incredible energy. I wish I had a tenth of your energy. You, you are constantly, you know, you make your appearances and you're just phenomenal. Like what, what keeps you going? What is your secret? Oh, I think it's just a wonderful life and the fans. Oh my yeah. goodness, I get so much wonderful, positive 
and love and energy from the fans. I mean, my my emails, my my messages on my phone. I mean, people love the film and they love that little girl. Yeah. And it all comes to me, and so it's it's just so uplifting, and it gives me so much um, positive feeling that I'm ready to tackle the world. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you evoke that. Like, people see you and they just get that, they kind of tilt their head and they get that warm feeling. You know, they just want to give you a hug. Like, wherever you go, like, oh my gosh, it's Zuzu, you know? And what a what a blessing that is because of the emotion you your presence brings out in people. And I think that's beautiful. So I'm glad you make that trek every year to Seneca Falls. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned because you're. I'm going to call you this, Carolyn. You're the queen of Christmas because an actor is blessed if they're in one film that's iconic. You're in two Christmas movies that everyone plays every year, and that's also The Bishop's Wife with Cary Grant. I mean, that's incredible that you have these two films that are always on the top of the list to watch every Christmas. I mean, what a feat that is. So you're the queen of Christmas. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of other ones, but I I love The Bishop's Wife as well. It's also a very, um, I don't know, it it has so much uh, emotion in it, and it also has such a positive outlook, and, and, and you learn so much from that film. Yeah. It's also about and, um, material things. It's about making decisions of where you want your heart to go. Do you want material things or do you want more deep things that involve relationships and love and things that are not tangible, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a movie for that. Oh, yeah. It's it's a wonderful film. So you had, a, a, a I hope, a, a positive experience on that as well. It sure sounds like you did. Oh, I did, I did. Cary Grant was to die for. He was <laughs> so much He really was. I, you know, I was too young to know he was good looking. <laughs> he loved kids, and so he'd tell me stories, and he'd hang around with me, and it was really fun. I mean, wow, yeah. I am think about your career, and it's like Jimmy Stewart, Cary Grant, you know, Donna Reed, Lionel Barrymore, like you've had these iconic actors that you've worked with. I mean, it's incredible. Like, he was pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you, um, outside of your film life, like, what is something that people might be surprised to know about you or an interest you have? I'm just curious. Oh, that's a hard question. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on this beautiful. Um, is it a ranch in California? You you just you take such incredible photos. When I see them, it looks like a little slice of heaven here on Earth. So, where are are you based? Um, in you really weed California? <laughs> 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 I feel like that. There we go. Yeah, that's where it is. <laughs> the land of dreams. 
<laughs> How did you find that that particular town? Is it just it, it spoke to you when you got there and you're like, hey, I'm going to set up camp here. <laughs> I just got a job down here. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. There you go. So it's right next to Mount Shasta and um, it's right at the bottom of Mount Shasta. And it's absolutely stunning and beautiful here. Uh, it's, the, the weather is perfect and it's just gorgeous. You have the mountain in your background all the time. It's really, it's very, very soothing and inspirational and I love it here. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, when I see those photos, I don't blame you for being based. Like, there's, I, I mean, it's, inc- it really just. I look at the photos and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to be there. Let's like drinking coffee and relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> do you, sure. do you get a lot of like fans recognizing you when you go out, or is it like, have you had a? I mean, I assume mostly positive interactions, but there's always a few people who, you know, they can be a little um, too touched by the film and they can get a little, you know, a little wacky, let's just say that. So have you ever had any sort of unusual fan interactions or has it been A-okay thus far? (laughs) I've had A-okay. All right, Um, good. Most people don't know me. Mm -hmm. And I've got the best of both worlds because when I tell them who I am, then you know, it's it's a really plus thing. Yeah. And they love the movie and, the, and they pass that on to that little girl. So it's it's the best of both worlds because I don't, um, people don't know me and that's fine. <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not that little anymore. <laughs> no. You... It works out really and um, so I've been, I'm blessed. I have my privacy and yet if I want it to be public, it can't be. I love that. And I, I've seen, I saw a picture the other day where you had your coffee and, and your roses out. It seems like roses appear to you quite a lot, which is very interesting. I find that very serendipitous as well. So what's like a, what, what's your perfect relaxing day look like for you? Um, well, I just, I like to stay home. I'm not, um, I'm not a goer and a doer particularly. Mm-hmm. I like to just stay at home. And sit in my backyard and have a cup of coffee and maybe talk to a few neighbors and I don't know. That's that's kind of my nirvana. I love that. I mean, I'm not a, I don't like to like go out a lot either. I keep my world very small, but it's very peaceful that way. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful life. Yes. <laughs> so I don't, I don't blame you at all for having that outlook on it. And you've raised you raised seven children. That's I still can't believe that. Like your energy level is, I mean, just what was that like? Because I know I, I had saw in an interview that you were like, no, I unplugged my acting career when I was, you know, in family mode, and I just focused on my family. Um, what was that like for you? Um, well, it was just like any other parent raise your kids you do you know you live in the the kitchen the the laundry room and the car that's Mm -hmm. where you do most of your activities (laughs) (laughs) so I was fortunate enough to live comfortably and um we had a wonderful time Uh, it was great uh having all the kids and it was just um very fulfilling and uh you know I can't say enough good about being a parent it was a great part of my life it never goes away you're still a parent but 
Um, now I'm in the twilight years, which I can just kind of pursue my own interests and uh, enjoy what I find in life that excites me. Yeah. I love to read. I read a lot. Yeah, there you go. What are some of your favorite books? Or is there any book you recommend to people? Oh, well, I, I read all different kinds. Right now, I'm, I just got through reading all the Louise Penny mystery <laughs> <laughs> books. Was, Love that. He's a great author. I can only give you, um, I don't know, she's a mystery writer, and, and her books, the series of books that she has have the same characters, and, and I just finished all that. And then I just finished um, uh, a book, the books about Pendergast, which uh, was, a, he was a, well, he, I'm, I'm all up to date on him. I, I've read <laughs> them all. I'm, I'm just having a wonderful time. He's an FBI guy, and it's just wonderful. Prescott and Child. Look at that. And so I read, I just read a little bit of everything. Um, but my favorite book of all time. Yes. Is The Stand. Great, great book. Wow. I have hated all the movie versions. Yeah. They're nothing. But that original book that Stephen King, I've got a first edition. Oh, <laughs> wow, really? me up from one end to the other and um, I loved that book. I just thought, I learned so much from that book. See, I loved hearing that. That is, I was not expecting you to say that. So that is, that's incredible that that is your favorite book of all time and I love that about you. <laughs> it is. And you have a first edition. Well, it's good versus evil. It's, you know, it's, it's being kind to other people. It involves a pandemic. I mean, there's so many things <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah, there's a little <laughs> foreshadowing there, right? Yeah, but that 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 was that is will probably always be my favorite book. Now, speaking of that, you you read you've obviously you read that's a classic and. Is there anything, and I know this has happened to you, have you gotten like scripts sent your way and people kind of begging you to to act in something? And is there anything that you would even consider if somebody approached you for a role or is that happily just like part of the past for you and, and that's good? It's part of the past for me. I, you know, I, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been involved in a lot of people that have different stories and there is one that is still out there that's a possibility but I don't think that I will be alive by the time they finally get it finished and ready to go. Well, <laughs> I hope you are, by the way, for the record. So. <laughs> well, as long as they have prompter cards and, so, and, and they have prompters, teleprompters, because I cannot memorize anymore. You know, it's just part of my... You, you know, I just don't... No, you know, it's funny you say that because I started out in New York as an actor and I felt like in the beginning my memory was so sharp and then 20 years later I, I realized like I was doing some plays and I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't quite remember what my next line is. <laughs> so I, I completely understand that feeling. Yeah, it's, it, uh, it started happening several years ago and so, you know, I don't want to put that kind of pressure on myself. I don't want to do that yeah and uh, no I don't and you know what I'd you're rather do, do I love being with the fans and yeah. meeting people sharing about it's a wonderful life that that's 
where I'm supposed to be, and that's where I love. I love that about you. You're such a positive person. You're so inspiring, and I can't imagine what it's like being in Seneca Falls with everyone knows, who knows exactly who you are and what impact you've had on their lives. So I imagine it can be overwhelming. You probably get a lot of people and a lot of stories coming your way. I do. I do. I really do. And um, you know what? I love it. I just love it. Well, that's why... And you changed people's lives in a lot of ways, and that's why everybody loves you. And I, I, on behalf of everybody who's been impacted by that movie. I just want to thank you for being who you are and being so gracious and open to meeting people who've been touched by the film. And I think that's, um, you know, it just says a lot about who you are as an individual. And I'm not talking about Zuzu the character, I'm talking about Carolyn Grimes the person. So thank you for that. And thank you for being so receptive to your fans. Well, it's my pleasure. Now, if people out there want an incredible Christmas gift or any gift, I happen to know a website, Zuzu.net, where they can get that, which is incredible. And I have to admit, I've I've been a multiple time purchaser on this very site, so I can tell you these products that are on there are amazing. You can get a signed photo from Carolyn if you just go to Zuzu.net and you can see all her appearances or potential upcoming appearances, you know, pandemic pending. <laughs> um, uh, what type of items can they get on your site, Carolyn? You're the perfect person to tell them this. Oh, Christmas ornaments, books. I have a, a new cookbook coming out in the fall and it will be on there. Um, I have bells, I have um, DVDs. I'm like, oh, I just have a lot of stuff. you're a very astute businesswoman I love that about you I think that's phenomenal and that's a lot of work I know having a website is not easy people think oh you just no there's like orders to sift through and emails to read and updating to do so that's a uh, kudos to you for doing that well that's part of my life so I like doing that Um, I'm always searching for new products and um, of course the ornaments have been um, once something that I've put out for well the last 23, 24 years and um, unfortunately my art artist uh, got her wings this year. Oh. So, uh, I'm so I've sorry done, to hear that. I've and try to do some other things but we used to come out with an ornament every year and it was quite great. Um, I'm coming out with her last design before long and it was for the 75th anniversary because this is the 75th anniversary of It's a Wonderful Life. That is, 75 years old. It's unbelievable. That's that's, that's I know. you saying that. I'm like, wait, what? Are you kidding me? It is. <laughs> You'd never know it. Talking to you, you sound like you're 25 years old. So that's like your your energy and enthusiasm that you have. So <laughs> when when people are 75, they go, wait a minute. Which she couldn't have been in the movie then because you sound so young. Well, I was. <laughs> I've been very fortunate. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been fortunate to live this long and to have the energy to be able to do what I do. Um, I, I feel fortunate for that. I'm, I'm blessed. Well, we're blessed. And 
I have to tell you from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for doing this. And I would love to beg you, please, to come back on the show anytime you want to, because I would be absolutely honored when you have an opening in your schedule to have you return. Well, thank you. And I want to tell you on behalf of everybody, because Carolyn, I kind of let it leak that you were coming and my email box absolutely exploded. It's insane how many emails I got just saying, just tell her I love her. They didn't even have questions. They're like, just tell her I love her. So that's <laughs> that's the kind of person you are. That's the kind of impact you have on this world. Well, it's not me. It's the movie. Believe me, it's the messages and the movie and Frank Capra's story. That's that's what it is, and I I make it a point to let people know that because that's where the magic is. Mm-hmm. Well, I I think a little bit of that magic is you too. I'm just gonna say it. I I think you have a lot to do with it as well. So I just want you to know that you're a very generous human being. Well, thank you. Well, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing this. And I'm just going to sign off real quick. I'm going to ask you to hold on just for one second so I can thank you in person for doing this whole thing. But uh, for Footsteps in the Attic, this is Brian Hobson. We'll see you next week.